just realized that I need to add olives to my H-E-B grocery pickup tomorrow because I made myself a dirty martini, which means it's got olive juice in it, and I am almost out of the olive juice that was in my jar of olives, so... So are you going to eat the olives that are there, or do you just buy the olive jars for the olive juice? Uh, it's a little of both. It's a little of both. Uh, I, I love olives. I love green olives, um, which friends of mine from like 10 years ago were just like, what? Because I used to hate olives. Hmm. It wasn't meant to be a dig. It was more of me saying, I'm kind of a little shocked. I'm, I'm sure they do sell just olive brine at they, like they drink yeah. stores. Olive brine, but yeah. olive juice. Yeah. Because like you can buy like pickle brine and stuff, like pickleback shots mm-hmm. and stuff. I told the story about how my friend at a bar in D.C., she ordered beer that came in a can and they accidentally grabbed a can of pickle brine instead of the can of beer <laughs> and served it to her. And she like inhaled as she was taking a sip and was like, blah, 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 blah. it was like her nose and her mouth at the same time. Like, no, 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 no. There is there is a, a type of beer. Uh, uh, you ever had it like a gose? Oh, yes. Oh, is that how it's pronounced? I oh. think so. Oh. I don't know. I, I, I It's one of those things where I, I think... As soon as I need to feel confident about something, my brain goes, are, are, is that right? Are but it's like correctly? brewed with, I think it's brewed with salt water, but it's a very salty taste to it. Mm-hmm. And like Tara's like, I don't understand why you like these. I'm like, I don't know. I really like them. I probably would have done that. I would drink the whole can. Like, mm, like trying to like, like, mm, what a mm, interesting taste. It's mm-hmm. a, the, the brewer has made some real choices here. And then they're like, oh, sorry, <laughs> sir. It's like, like finishing the end. It, it was like the can. It was a white can that had like kind of beer, similar to beer writing on it. And it was called, it's called like literally Can O'Brine or something. Um, <laughs> yeah. As you know, we are like 10 days out from Oscar Sunday. It is Sunday, March 12th. And can I just say that like my movie prowess is just like, like my movie powers are peaking right now. I every morning, <laughs> like Wordle, I play this game called Framed, which shows screenshots mm. from a movie, and it starts out very hard to like. It'll be just a very close up of some some very obscure part of the movie, and then it will get the frames will get easier. You get six of them. Recently, I have gotten movies like Drumline and Apollo thirteen on the very wow. first frame. I got Lawrence of Arabia on the second frame, and my friends who I play it with, we send each other our grids. We're, are like what is happening? And I was like, guys, we're approaching the peak of my powers, which is Oscar Sunday. So after that, I'm going to miss like my favorite movies in framed. <laughs> I'm trying to like it. If it's like the, like anytime, like I'm, I think they talk about it in like dark crystal where it's like the alignment and all the planets are lined up and your powers are at their strongest. That is what is happening. That's you know how like does this does this happen every year or is this just well I I wasn't playing framed a year ago I don't think oh, okay so uh yeah I I don't know but I just I've been listening to my Oscar pods and I just yeah I feel I'm gonna go see the animation shorts this weekend and just all the things I did however see last weekend a movie that I'm going to recommend to everybody Oscar nominated Marcel the Shell with shoes on. So you may recall Marcel Shell from the shorts that came out in the early 10s, like Jenny Slate yes. voiced Marcel, like kind of stop motion animation and stuff. Um, the movie came out in over the summer. It's like a tight 80 minutes. It is a very short movie. Mm-hmm. We saw it at Draft House and they came by to do their like, you good, like last call. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, here my like, food just got here. Yeah. I was like, we, we, like, it hasn't even been an hour. But um, listeners, I laughed. I cried. I would go see it again the very next day. Like I have really sp- pondered spending twenty dollars to buy it from Amazon because that is how much I enjoyed it. 
you're one of the only people I know who has seen it that I actually know. I only only heard one other like in-depth review and it was from someone who's pretty cynical and so like it was not a good review but I was like yeah I don't think this is the movie for you <laughs> like yeah yeah if, um I mean I just went in being like I, I remember when the preview came out I saw the preview when I went to go see everything everywhere all at once and I cried during the preview and so I was like <laughs> I need to I need to see this movie it's just it's adorable and funny and just so sweet I just uh I, yeah, I luckily had a packet of tissues in my purse and just was able to dab the tears away as I fell. Well, I love, I love any movie that's under a hundred minutes. That's almost a guarantee for me nowadays. I'm like under a hundred minutes. Let's do this. That is, uh, that's the sign of just, you know, a tight story right there. There's, there's no blood. Yes. So, uh, even movies I really like, like I, there were a couple of times in, everything everywhere where i was just like okay come on like like Mm -hmm. pick it up just a little bit and that's a pretty quick moving all over the place movie Mm -hmm. i mean that's very much how i felt about the fablemans was i was like we needed a better film editor to trim this down a little bit it's just i mean it's you've got the double thing of movies are going longer and no one's going to say no to spielberg and then also it's his life so i'm sure he's like every minute is important which is why i think as I put it, he didn't get out of his own way. He was like, but this is what happened to me. So it has to stay in the movie. And it's like, not everything that happened to you has to be in this movie. Um, but uh, my parents saw everything everywhere all at once. My dad emailed me yesterday to tell me that they watched it at home, obviously. But um, I am so impressed that my parents like sought it out. Mm. That just, it did not seem like a movie that would pique their interest, even though it's getting all this Oscar buzz. But my dad said it was definitely a different movie, but he thought it was good and had a very impressive cast. So did you did you see the James Hong accept a speech at the SAG no, Awards? I, I need to because everyone keeps saying he just like punched their ticket to get the best picture Oscar with that acceptance speech. Oh, I don't know about that, but he was very much like, hello, I'm 94 and I'm now going to tell you what it was like being Asian in Hollywood for 90 years oh, or whatever. Like, I'll have to watch that. I admit that I had lost track that the SAGs were on Sunday. So um, since apparently we're just starting Oscar talk now. Um, yeah, let's hop. Do you want to? Do you want? Let's get into okay. it. Hello, Seattle. I'm Ryan, <laughs> and I'm Laurel. I'm gonna really try to balance out your <laughs> really monotone. <laughs> and, and we're the Craniacs, and we talk about Frasier, and a lot of the times we also talk about the Oscars, and we're gonna do that right now. Yes, because Oscar it's, talk. it's our last episode before the Oscars come out. So before the Oscars mm-hmm, come mm-hmm. out, before they happen. Um, so as I, you know, I've said before, this before the stars come out for the Oscars. <laughs> um, so, like, as I've mentioned before, the acting body in the Academy is the largest voting block. There is a lot of overlap between the Screen Actors Guild voters and the Academy voters. It's not a perfect circle, but there is, like, a Venn diagram. Um, so, the SAG, the winners at the SAG Awards are usually considered to be kind of, not shoe-ins, because you can't say that, but strong contenders for winning the Oscar, especially if they've won all of the awards leading up to it. So... Mm. Um, I think, uh, oh my gosh, I don't remember his name. I can't, I don't, I don't know that I know how to say his name who plays, um, Evelyn's husband and everything ever were all at once. It's basically a yeah, show. Yeah. It's unfortunate. It's like Daniel Day Key or something. I, I, I don't know. Daniel Day Kim, who is an actor, but he was on Lost. Oh, yep. That's Lost. I don't know. The key might be in there anyway. I feel bad just saying short round because it's, it's so interesting that I don't think if you like examine that name, I don't think it's racist, but like the, 30 
40 years since it came out it seems to like it feels racist referring to him as short round yeah his, you're right his, his first name is k-e so it is probably okay. he um, and his last name is kwan and his middle name is h-u-y which i mean i don't know how to pronounce um mm-hmm. also who is great in this oh. especially when you realize it's data short round from like the 80s yes which i had no frame of reference for that uh for mm-hmm. who he was but um He's considered a shoe. And I, can I just say just now when I Googled husband, everything, everywhere, all at once, one of the Google options was everything husband does annoys me. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh, Google. Um, he's considered a lock for his uh, uh, for best supporting actor. Um, the Tides seem like they're turning to Angela Bassett to win for best supporting actress for Wakanda forever. However, mm. she did not win at the SAG. Jamie Lee Curtis did. Um I don't see the acting block of I, I I don't see the Academy going towards Jamie Lee Curtis. I see them I see them going towards Angela Bassett. James Hong at the awards. One thing I, I remember verbatim is him going, Jamie Lee Curtis, not an Asian, but Lee is a very strong Chinese name. Uh so we like her still. Like he did a lot of jokes like that. Like he 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 like it was like I've had my tight five ready for mm-hmm. like ninety years. Here we go. I love it. I love it. Um Best actor race. I have no good, no no good guesses here for the best actor race. Um, I think. Oh gosh, who who won at the SAGs? It was it not Brendan Fraser. Oh, it was Fraser. It, was, was it Brendan Brendan Fraser? Um, yes. Okay, it was. Because uh, this this has kind of been all over the place in terms of Colin Farrell has won some, Austin Butler has won some, Brendan Fraser has won some. So um, I'm pushing. Pro- Austin Butler is Elvis. Yes. I personally am pushing for Colin Farrell. I know you. I know everybody wants to know who I was pulling for, but I'm pulling for Colin Farrell. Uh, the end. Uh, the race that is truly a like we don't know who is going to win is Best Actress between Kate Blanchett and Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere. Mm-hmm. Both of them have won a lot of awards. It looks like Kate Blanchett kind of was eking out a lead, but. Uh, I don't know, with Michelle Yeoh winning Screen Actors Guild, and also Kate Blanchett has two Oscars. So, <sighs> um, do you have any hot animation takes? That's usually the category where you have, you know, have some opinions. I here's the thing: it's one of those things where I'm not paying attention to who's nominated, but I will probably have some opinions once I, I hear it. Can you tell me who the nominees are? Yes, let me just. And can you say and the nominees are? Yes, one second. Uh, and the nominees are Turning Red, Guillermo... Didn't see that. I, did, I saw it on a plane, so it was already a little bit of a rough... Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, which I think... Was that the scary Pinocchio? Or the like... I don't think it was scary, but it was. it's definitely del Toro-esque. But it's stop motion, so already that's the one I'm leaning towards because... I just appreciate that art form so much. Like, I, 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 I love it. Um... Marcel the Shell with shoes on, which we already spoke about. Uh, the, mm. the Sea Beast, which I have never heard of. It's on Netflix, and it's one of those ones where I don't... This is all writing off of buzz, I've heard, but it was one of those ones where it was a, a very, very pleasant surprise, but I don't know that it's got a lot of heat behind mm, it. Kind of like the Mitchells versus the Machines last year, which was... That one had a lot of heat on it, it, though, okay. going in. It was because I think 
it was uh, that one was a crazy surprise. This is like, oh, this is a good little a good movie, mm-hmm. but it's not anything like Mitchell's and Machines was just so different from everything yeah. else that was in there, you know. Uh, and the final which one you is, saw, right? I uh-huh, suggested I did, you I did enjoyed, see, and I, I really enjoyed Mitchell versus the Machines or Mitchell's against the Machines, whatever it was called. Um, and the last one is the Puss in Boots sequel, I suppose, called Puss in Boots: The Last Wish, which I did actually hear was quite good. It reminds me a little bit of what the buzz was around Paddington and Paddington 2 when people were like, no, mm-hmm. these are actually really good movies. Paddington 2 is fantastic. So, I, 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 you know, the hot take, but I haven't actually seen Puss in Boots, but A, I think it's funny that's like, oh, they're still making Shrek movies. Like, I, I did I, I not remember. It's, I assume that it's the same. Yeah, it is. Okay, okay, okay. It's, just, it's, it's, so it's, it's, it's still in Antonio the Shrek Banderas playing Puss in Boots, yes. right? Okay. And uh, if you had told me, like, it was supposed to come out five years ago and then, like, it got pushed back and then the pandemic or whatever, I'd be like, oh, I believe you. If you told me it was supposed I, I to will come out s- ten years ago, I would have believed yeah, you. Yeah, right. Um, also, one of the things I find very funny on the internet is that I've been put, seeing a lot lately is everyone pointing out that if you follow the timeline of the last of us it's they're like this is a world where no one got to see shrek 2 and it's like all these people saying like well that's the worst thing that happened in this whole show is that no one got to see shrek 2 which i just thought was kind of funny but um i i've seen clips from it and i'm like this looks dumb like i think there's a lot of stuff in it that's very interest like it looks really cool from an animation standpoint like it doesn't just look like a shrek movie Mm -hmm. like where it's just like it's like there's doing a lot of artistic stuff in the scenes i've seen but i have yet to see anything that makes me laugh or looks really amusing so i've kind of been like okay like i don't need to see it but i've i know some people have seen it they really seem to like it Mm -hmm. i i will say my push on there and if i had to hazard a guess i would say because it's so different and because it's already you know not only um Guillermo del Toro is already well liked by the academy mm-hmm. and he's won an award so I think this is a good way to give someone another award for something without having to worry about like are we distribute you know like not doubling up the best picture right I fear that you're going to because I mean the academy has done a great job over the last probably five to seven years of diversifying the membership and I don't want to say phasing out older people, but putting requirements around if you can vote around like when the last time is you worked in Hollywood. Mm. So just because you were a producer 30 years ago, doesn't mean you still get to vote for Oscars. Um, I do worry that people are just going to be like, Oh, Guillermo del Toro check. Yeah. I think that's the probably what's going to happen. I feel like it's a big part of with it. That, with that in mind, I've heard really good things about that pinocchio like okay. when it came out Great. um and again I, I i i really like stop motion it's really funny because i uh, anytime we do a stop motion thing for the princess podcast i'm always like it's so amazing because you look at it and you realize it's they're just taking pictures of of real things and then putting them in order and then i'm like that's film that's literally what film is that's also literally what animation is it's just it's you know it's like it's the time in between the the shots isn't someone actually walking it's like moving things but the way i described it was just explaining how film works at 24 frames Mm -hmm. a second and all that but i i just love seeing the textures of things i love seeing that that kind of stuff you know always watching nightmare before christmas you know i i every time i see it i like 
I think there's a lot of animated, like computer animated stuff that benefits from the the aspects of stop motion. I think that the Lego movies are done to look like stop motion in a lot of ways and to move like that. And they do a lot of things where like, well, think about if this was real and we'll animate it that way because you are creating quote unquote real things in a virtual environment. And you know, the difference is do you want to let the rules kind of go and just run by the rules of animation? Or in some of these cases, they're like, well, we'll run it like stop motion where we have to think of these things as real. And I think it is a really cool style. It's a real kind of almost jankiness to it because it is kind of like if you like I've seen things where they like smoothed out scenes from Nightmare Before Christmas. And I'm like, that looks awful. Mm. Like having the weird bumps and stuff is kind of it, it feels off if you don't have those. Did we talk about the fact that I watched Nightmare Before Christmas for the first time this this past year, this Christmas? How did you like it watching it so late? Uh it's I can see that it was like revolutionary for its time and that it's well done. It is not. It is not for me. Um, mm-hmm. I, and I'm glad I didn't see it as a kid because even from the very beginning, I was like, oh, this would have scared seven year old Laurel or something like it was, it was too, I think it was just too, a little too scary for me as a child. So, but I, I don't know. I just, I was like, oh, this was a little, it was a little dark. I like, I mean, I like I, kind of dark macabre stuff. I especially like that era of Tim Burton. Yeah, so. I, I know. I know. I mean, it's a very beloved movie by a lot of people. Um, just, it was not, it was not my, it was not my jam. Well, I think the thing that's that people like about it, or at least I, my theory is, it's going Christmas is for everybody, and here's a group of misfits who it's also for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that's why it's a lot of people who kind of, you know, goth people and counterculture people tend to be like, that's my Christmas movie, and it is because it is going. Christmas is okay for you Halloween lovers to to watch as well. It's welcoming in people yeah. who at the time, you know, normally it's like. Christmas is Macy's and Miracle on 34th yes, Street, and, you know, like, and that's and like, yeah, and I, I think that's cool. Um, what, what do you want to see on Oscar Sunday? I guess it'll be Sunday when this comes out. I'll just say Sunday because right now we are ten days away, but when it drops, it'll be yes, less. Um, you know, I we don't want to talk about the slap. The slap's been talked about, but something that's not award like mm. like what do you want to like to me or what do you expect to see like i always like when some actress gets asked what are you wearing and they snap back with like <laughs> why don't you ask me the men like always yeah, that or, situation or like, why don't you ask something of substance like i'd like to talk about yeah um yeah yeah i, I admit that i don't watch a lot of the red carpet mainly because i don't have cable so i can't watch e or anything like that um so i spend a lot of time on twitter looking at the fashion for the red carpet um uh, so Jimmy Kimmel is hosting this year, and I think he has probably done. I think it's a thankless job. Mm. I think it's a really hard job to do well. Yeah, I think he has done the best over the last ten years. He's hosted this maybe his third or fourth time to host. Um, I, I think he's done a decent job at it, um, and he's enmeshed enough in Hollywood to know what will play, but also who he can make fun of. I'm interested to see who's going to present the best actress Oscar since Will Smith has is banned from the oscars for 10 years and oh, he already right, said right, he right. Wouldn't hear, like even before they banned him he was like i won't come next year so typically the best actor winner from the year before presents the best actress oscar i'm curious as to who it'll be chris rock uh <laughs> they like to usually have it be an oscar winner you know so just i mean i can just cross my fingers that like colin firth makes a surprise appearance and because i just <laughs> don't get to see him enough especially in the pandemic i just haven't been able to keep up with him so um but I'm, yeah, I'm interested in that. I yeah, I, I just I just love the unpredictability of it. What I'm not interested in seeing is some middle of the show bit. 
that they do that adds 10 or 15 minutes to the runtime of the show, like bringing in tourists off of a double decker tour bus or having people go, the movie stars go across the street and give out candy to people seeing movies in the theater. Like, no, no. Also, what I don't want to see is them fawning all over Tom Cruise and acting as though he has not basically been shunned by a lot of Hollywood for how deep into Scientology he is. And just like, frankly, weird and creepy he kind of is. I'm not here for like a Tom Cruise redemption arc. Mm. With everybody acting like he's like, oh, he, he's, he's always been amazing and wonderful. And we're so glad he brought people back to movies. Yeah, that's, that, that rings false for me too. I I have... I guarantee not you as he's much going of to have a, a big role. He's going to have uh, present some important award or something, or he's going to like introduce I, the whole show. Every time they cut to him, he is going to have like the most rehearsed. Like it's funny because I feel like people talked about how fake he seemed, especially around the time with the whole Katie Holmes stuff. But it's like, how, what is real to him anymore? Mm-hmm. Like even if he wasn't like, like he's very seriously handled by his Scientology people. He's very seriously handled by his movie people. He acts for a living. Like, mm-hmm. so he's paid to not be himself. Like what is real Tom Cruise yeah. anymore? Like, and he is so insulated from just even real Hollywood and like the real world that you're just like, what? Yeah. And he's not, and like, he's also like a real image conscious actor like mm-hmm. it's all about like this is, i imagine like him literally sitting on the toilet going like should i put my my elbow here should i put my el-? like and like it's like no one sees you tom what would, relax. Char- what would my character do right now what would- yeah exactly he's like huh, well and he's like trying out some things he's like well i'm, I'm going out for this so maybe maybe this time i'll be real serious and think about it. well maybe this- well, it- <laughs> like just do all this like crazy stuff and, like, and it's like all, all this to say he is in one of my favorite movies minority report and i saw top gun maverick in the theater twice i like not knocking on i haven't seen actually that many of his movies when i saw top gun the two top guns this summer i was like oh i've now basically like doubled the number of tom cruise movies i've seen because i just haven't seen that many yeah and i like a lot of tom cruise movies i mission impossible is that was one where i was like why don't like it was one of those movies where i kept seeing it on on video and then going why do i not watch these in theater like like what am i doing like why am i scared like same thing with born movies for like other movies i'm like i enjoy these movies why don't i go see them in theaters i like have no interest in them and then i saw fallout in a theater man i love i love mission possible fall it's mostly henry cavill like i like oh, henry cavill's yeah. character in that so much he's very attractive he looks great in a mustache he does this bit in the uh in the bathroom where and they did it and so he like does this thing where he like does two little punches like in the air before he goes up to fight someone and they did it in the trailer and they do this like so it it sounds like he's cocking his arms like a shotgun Mm -hmm. like getting them loaded and ready to go and i'm like yes and it's so good and they did such a good job of like i remember when like rogue nation was original it was like they were thinking about jeremy renner is going to take this over Uh, and then tom cruise was like hell no and they do such a good job of like matching people up with him i i I just i I love those and tom cruise is as someone said on a podcast this summer uh is going to die doing a movie stunt like he absolutely like that and i I think that's honestly how he'd want to go he'd want to be like in his 90s still doing his own stunts um you mentioning Henry Cavill's mustache made me realize I saw on Twitter today that did you know that they're filming? They started filming for A Gentleman in Moscow, that book that you really liked. They started filming the movie with Henry Cavill. No, uh, sorry, or, sorry. Okay. Uh, 
it's just a mustache it's Ewan made you McGregor, think that. and he's wearing a fantastic fake mustache so no i haven't seen that it's very cool I, I, I apparently i follow the author on twitter i didn't know that and uh he tweeted that like the uh, just a photo of like them shooting one of the scenes and stuff which reminds me i need to borrow that book from you and finish it because i had checked it out from the library and my loan expired and i had to download another book before i could finish it so mm-hmm. i just need to borrow no problem um, uh, do, do we want to jump into the actual purpose of these podcasts we do, which is sure, Frasier? Sure, sure, sure. Sure, sure, sure. Ladies and gentlemen and everyone in between, we are doing season 10, episode 19, Some Assembly Required. Question. Which is an- Does yours actually say Some Assembly? Because the Hulu episode title was Assembly, no B, and I thought that oh, was funny. supposed to come into, like, I don't know what Assembly is, and I figured it would <laughs> make its face apparent, and it did not. I'm looking at the IMDB, and it's Assembly. I didn't notice it on Peacock. It's probably just, uh, you should write a strongly worded letter. I will. I'd like to know who that, <laughs> what proof were that got by. After the KACL staff participates in a low-income house-building project, Fraser becomes a nuisance to the family, offering incessant advice for its decor. Um, this is one of the ones... It's funny because it's called Some Assembly Required, which I believe is a joke on the B-plot. Uh, oh! I didn't get that till just before, like when I pulled up my notes before well, we again, recorded. Well, this whole so. time I've been thinking, wondering what an assembly is. What an assembly so, was, well, yes. I thought it was more a joke about like... Oh, putting together, yeah, putting together the, the house. And, okay. And almost kind of like how Frasier like, needed a little finessing in terms of how he was acting towards the family. And I will say the, the, the IMDb thing, the picture is of Niles at the school assembly. So that's kind of why I put it together. There's actually like three plots in this episode. Uh, oh, there are. I forgot about the third one. Yeah. I, we, we, I generally we, like them all. Okay. Well, let's, let's start for... Uh, well, let's start at the beginning, which is KACL finishing up a build on a Habitat house and giving the family the key. And I have a very serious note. My first note is T-shirt and jeans is always a surprisingly good look on Frasier. Yes. Yes. Agree. Kelsey Grammer in casual wear is... Yes. He, he, he wears it well. It feels like they're fitting it for Kelsey Grammer mm-hmm. and not thinking about what T-shirt and jeans would look like on uh, Frasier Crane. Yes. Oh, 100%. Yes. I also noticed... Later in the episode, when Frazier walks across the apartment to the drawer that's stuck um, in that credenza, I noticed I was like, has Kelsey Grammer lost weight? His clothes just seemed like they were like fitted to him uh, maybe a month or two prior. And he lo- they, everything just seemed to kind of be like bigger and like hanging on him a little bit. Might it be drug issues of some sort? No idea. I, I, I don't recall anything happening around this time, hearing about anything. I mean, it, they made, it was fairly public when you went to rehab earlier in the series, so mm-hmm. could be. Um, I just remember watching Friends and oh, Chandler Matthew being Perry. like, yeah, Matthew Perry being like, speaking of, up, down, up, down. Speaking of books from the library, his audiobook became available to me yesterday, so I'm going to start listening to that. Nice. Um, nine hours of listening to Matthew Perry talk about things. Have so. you heard his M. Night Shyamalan story? No, maybe it's in the book. I will not tell it. Post it on <laughs> on the Facebook page for everyone who does that because it's a great story. I won't tell it here because it's worth hearing it in his words. Great. Um, I I mean, did you ever do Habitat for Humanity or any of these house the builds? Thing. No, and here's why I think I would be a hindrance to the overall safety inspection of that house. 
Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I've had friends who do it, and I'm always like, what do you do? Like, like what, what was your actual assignment today? Because I cannot imagine what they would assign me that I would, besides painting a room, which I know is, is a job that you have to do, like, what, what would they want me to do? So we used to do something at my church that we called House on the Corner, and it was they would build a house on the corner, and they'd have someone take it away mm-hmm. to wherever it needed to go. And, you know, it's it's interesting because I was about to say, like, oh, yeah, I did something. And then, like, I can't remember exactly what it was. Like, if you told me – someone giving me the instructions to do this thing, I felt like I could do it. But if you were like, okay, Ryan, what's the next step here? I'd be like, I don't know. But it was, like – it was aft on the outside. So you had like the beams and then the insulation between them. And then you did a layer of like this black paper with big, with, with nails, with big plastic things on them. So they would keep the paper down. Mm-hmm. And then you put, you would, then the like siding went on over it. Like it was something between the, the insulation and the, and the beams and, and the out, outside siding. But like someone was just like, do that. And we're like, okay. And it's, you know, one, the thing with a house is, a lot of stuff is repetitive. Mm-hmm. A lot of the stuff is like you need to do this just all over the house. So if they can teach you to do it once, it's more just like go. And I wrote here something I thought about because, like, again, my uh, I, my father in law is a AC plumber repairman, and it's interesting to me just knowing how to do one or f- or two very simple things around the house. I feel like can help you like. Like there's a lot of a, a lot of use for that. Like I grew up, and the one thing I could do is patch a hole in the wall because I flail my arms when I get excited, and I'm got elbows, and they go through walls. Mom's like, "Okay, patch the hole in the wall," you know, like things like that. And so I knew how to do that a lot, and it was something that really held up. You know, I, I, I it, it, knowing what you can and can't do really helps. That's fair. That's specifically fair. in any sort of home repair, but also in in this sort of building thing. I also feel like with the like proliferation of YouTube DIY channels that like help people walk people through easy home repairs that they could be doing on their own i feel like perhaps people are coming into you know habitat with a little bit more um prowess and stuff but i not to be like i never had the opportunity but i don't ever recall there being a like oh we need volunteers for habitat i never looked into volunteering with habitat so i had a washing machine that broke in an apartment in this terrible apartment i lived in in gaithersburg um and it was full of water and I was like trying to figure stuff out and, and try and I like called someone and it was like two weeks before they came out. Great. But like after like the first week I went, you know what? And I pulled up YouTube and I pulled the thing off and I fixed the washing machine by myself. Amazing. And then I guess I didn't call to say it's fixed. Cause I wanted to be like, I would like for him to check my work, but they came when I wasn't there and he left the most like aggressive, like don't call me out here. I got plenty of things to do. If you're not going to, if it's not broken, this isn't broken, like blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And like wrote this whole thing about it wasn't broken and that I was like wasting his time. And I was like, I'm sorry. You don't get to tell me that I'm wasting your time when it takes you two weeks to get out yes. here. Yes, exactly. But yeah, I, you surprising amount. Be safe when you do anything folks out there, but I, you would be shocked at how many things you can learn how to do on YouTube pretty easily. Yeah, I, I'd say it's also not to make this about gender, but it's also important for, you know, ladies to learn how to do some different repair things. Um, oh yeah. Around the house, especially because, you know, we don't need to be damsels in distress about things. I'm not bragging about what I'm about to say that I can do, but, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine about 
like, oh, I need to have a patch put in my tire. This was a few years ago. Like, I think the, the air is low. Like, I checked the pressure and I put some air in and then I checked the pressure, you know, 12 hours later in this much. And she was like, you know how to do that? Yeah. And I was like, what? And she was like, like, check the pressure and put air in and stuff. And I was like, again, what? <laughs> yes. But I, yeah, just like I, all, all, I, all the things that a lot of guys are taught when they're growing up and stuff that just doesn't make us less ladies. Tara had a better toolbox than I did when we got we moved in together. So most of my her, stuff her went dad, away. Her, her dad is a is a plumber, absolutely. Right? So like, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So t- you know the whole bit. I like the bit where uh, Fraser is saying like, "I'm sorry, I couldn't do anything. I didn't have a certificate to a use for plug-in tools." Yes, and and Roz was like trying to explain to him like they were just messing with you, and she's like, "You know what? Never mind." The episode goes on to where it's it. The, the crux of the episode is Fraser keeps coming back and he's like attached to the house. He's trying to give him decor tips and all this. And we'll jump into like what happens in that bit. But I did going back to Roz. I like the bit where like later in the episode, Fraser brings it up to Roz at Nervosa and she's like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah. Like the, the I thought that was really good. The implication of like I have completely forgotten these people. Yeah. Like not is, is, in a is, rude is, 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 way, like but the, just the like Clarks or something. And she's like, "Who?" And he's yeah. like, the people we gave the house to, and she goes, "You went back there," <laughs> and and he'd been back like three times oh, at that yes. point. They remember they were like, "We thought you had plans tonight." I was like, "Oh my god, you've been here often enough so that they know your schedule for the week." It's it's really funny, and they're just like, granted, the bit is he keeps offering them advice, and they kind of want to go tacky, and then he at the end like Roz helps him get over that, and he comes in to apologize, and it is ridiculously tacky, but it is also their home. Yes. Yes, uh, I, I did enjoy it when Fraser complains about their cow mailbox when Roz is like, my mom has a cow mailbox. And I'm like, Roz, your mom lives in Wisconsin. And he's like, well, you live in Wisconsin. She lives in Wisconsin. What was it? He said the buckle on the bumpkin belt of America. Yes. Which also, also maybe not, not really accurate for Wisconsin, but. Uh, I thought he was going to say the cheese state because it's like that makes sense there because the cows. Yes, yes. Big, big dairy state. Uh, so Fraser ends up finally just accepting that this family is going to decorate the house in their own way. And the last thing he does is move some furniture on their front porch, but yes. And they decorate the thing with cow print on everything. And then one room is purple. Okay. Purple's my favorite color. And I could see that wall and I was like, yes, Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't feel like that was a good follow-up to cow print on everything. I mean, maybe in 2002, 2003, this was, it was like bad purple. Can we can we talk about the light chuckle when the principal says everyone turn off your Game Boys? Yes. Speaking of two thousand and three, yes, yes, I did really enjoy that. I don't know if that was supposed to be a big chuckle, and it wasn't because Game Boys had been out for a, like I'm sure they were on to the next thing at that point. Like I don't know what was supposed to be the deal with the joke, but it was like this weird light chuckle through the audience. I also I also thought it was funny because I just feel like you weren't you didn't have those out at school. But anyway, maybe not. Anyway. Uh, Have you seen the trailer for the the Tetris movie? No. It it's it's it. So uh, someone said it to me. They're like, the Tetris movie's coming out. I'm like, there's a Tetris movie, and what it is is about how they got the rights for the game from the creator in in Soviet Russia. Oh. And and got on the Game Boy, and it seems like this really intense political thriller. That about every thirty seconds of the trailer, it goes. By the way, just to let you remind you, this is about the game Tetris. 
Yeah. Like they keep going. We understand that there's like he's like he's like you're welcome to Russia now. This is how we do business. Punch, machine gun fire, blah blah blah. And then it's like do 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 do. Like it looks really good because it is like isn't it ridiculous that these people people are dying over getting this game with with five block squares yeah. or whatever. Four blocks, sorry. Well, guys, maybe um, that'll be nominated for an Oscar next year. So, Taron Egerton, Apple Plus, coming out soon. Um, the B plot. Do we want to go to the C plot and end on the B plot? Because sure. to me, the B plot was the best. Sure, let's go to the C plot, which is Daphne comes over. Daphne and Niles come over to Fraser's apartment for her physical therapy with Martin, and she's coming in hot. She is fired up about a fight she had with her mom that Niles did mm. not hear the crux of because he was hiding in the panic room. This is the second, at least second reference to the panic room in that mm-hmm. ha- in that apartment mm-hmm. that I've seen. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we're gonna get a panic room like episode that's like a bottle episode yes. or like I don't know something in there. Let's wonder. have you seen the movie Panic Room? I I've seen the movie Panic Room and I really enjoy the movie Panic Room. Very. I like it too. It's it's also a, a, it's got a, a a strong diabetes plot point, which yeah. Is always I, I, it's been a while since I've seen it, but it was is hard for me to watch because I'm like this can't be accurate. Um, There's a really good comedian Ed Gamble who's got a special on Amazon, and he does 20 minutes on being type one diabetic, which is amazing. If you know, you probably should check it out now that you're dating a type one diabetic because he does a whole thing about Con Air about how someone's got low blood sugar, so it becomes a plot point where they have to get him his insulin. He's like. No, you sugar. do not give them, yeah, insulin. Don't give them insulin. They have low blood sugar. He, he's like, and they give him insulin. And he like gets up and starts shooting people, and he goes, and that's a much better ending to, to the to the uh, real thing, which is they get him a bag of jelly beans and have him sit comfortably yes. for fifteen to twenty minutes. Yes. So I also my introduction to diabetes came at a very young age because I was an avid reader of the Babysitters Club books, and a main character in there is a type one diabetic, and mm-hmm. it's a plot point in some books, like. You know, she has trouble controlling it sometimes. And I don't know, you, you, you learn a lot about it. And then one of my good friends, younger sisters got diabetes when we were in elementary school. And so I feel like my whole class was pretty well versed on like what low blood sugar meant. When Marini had low blood sugar, she'd yeah. take a Coke. And when yeah, blood yeah, sugar yeah. was high, she had to have a shot. So it is kind of funny it's, that producers, the script screenwriters in Hollywood either don't know that or don't care. Yeah, it's, it's great when it's handled well. And like I said, there's like, it's, it's, the name of the special it's ed gamble the name of the special is blood sugar and but it's written like a metal albums because he said he says it sounds way cooler than it is Mm -hmm. and the first 10 minutes i was like this is okay but when he hits the the diabetes stuff it's really funny and then he's got some really good stuff afterwards so we get through that first 10 minutes the the tara was really laughing because a lot of it is jokes that she's like i know this like she's really excited to like get the jokes (laughs) I, i love that um we watched this weekend, this is just a, a stand-up special aside, it's not about diabetes, but we watched John Mulaney's Kid Gorgeous, his like, most recent stand-up. I mean, it's from like 2017, mm-hmm. um, and I've seen it a handful of times, but like, man, if I don't still laugh incredibly hard Oh, yeah, at that. he's so talented. It's just, and so much, I mean, he and I almost have like, had like, in some ways, parallel childhoods at times. Like, he was raised Catholic, I was raised Catholic. Just lots of things were just very specific to my... You were like, a raging alcoholic in your teen years? You know, uh, <laughs> I, I don't talk about those those years, so... Um, but Which which Law & Order bit does he do in this one? I don't... This is not really a Law & Order bit. If he does, oh, he doesn't do one? He does a... That's where he talks about Street Smarts, the, uh, the detective yes. who would come to tell them how to not get kidnapped... <laughs> 
there's a always like now when you get kidnapped he's like it's not if it was always when like when people were like where are you gonna go to college he's like college i'm shocked i made it to age 12 that guy permeates that 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 guy like the guy he's talking about permeates through mitten binder permeates through like every once in a while i'll be following i'll be watching a stand-up special or like there's a whole skit on Mr. Show with Bob and David that's making fun of that guy, uh, and his name is like JJ Bittenbinder. No, no, no. Like the one on there is oh. like JJ Fiddle Faddle or something oh, okay. ridiculous. And I was like, who is this character? How do they come up with it? And he was like, today we're gonna shake the crime stick at Crooks. Like it's just it's so weird. And then I saw Kid, Kid Gorgeous, and I went, this sounds like the same guy. It's the same guy. Like this is a. It's so funny to me that like. And, and, you know, Bob Odenkirk's 15 years older mm-hmm. than John Mulaney. So the idea that he, like, permeated the culture of Chicago yes. for so long is just so funny to me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm just, I'm just thinking about that part all over again. Oh, goodness. <laughs> um, yeah. I just, guys, if you ever just need a hearty chuckle, just kid gorgeous, John Mulaney. It's a tight 60 minutes. Um, and it's, it's great. Anyway. Uh so the C Gertrude gets a job. Yeah. <laughs> Daphne's mad at her mom. They've been like sniping each other. She said her mom's insufferable and they told her mom she needs to help out around the house more. So she takes that to mean she needs to go get a job. Well, she's being like passive aggressive. She's like, yes, not even passive really. That my daughter is making me work and she's, you know, she's at Kathy Nervos and she's talking about she the blood is pooling at her feet and she's saying it real loud so everyone like shames Daphne. I like she said something and then everyone at the started like kind of clapping. She, she like, said, "Would you like we... me to? Would you like me to sell my blood for you? Would you? Would, would you like that?" And Daphne was like, "Yes, yes, I would." She was like, "Then I'll sell she, my blood for you." And then everyone kind of started clapping as Daphne. She goes, "Did left. you hear that, everyone? I'm gonna sell my blood for my daughter." And then it was like, clap, clap, clap. Like everyone's like, "I don't know how to react to this." So news. in some ways, I was like, I would be super annoyed that she was purposefully make yourself a victim out of what we asked her to do by not even doing it. But then I was like, but on the other side, she's out of the house and they're getting time away from her. So, right. And I, I was the same way until the next bit where she comes back and she's doing it to Daphne and kind of being like, don't worry, here's my whole check. And Daphne's like, cool. And like sign here, I'm going to take the whole Mm -hmm. check. And like, it's just like, this is what we're going to do. And it, you know, I'm like, good for Daphne. Like stand up to her. Yes. Loved that. Yeah every minute of it also i was like can we talk about what a terrible employee at nervosa gertrude would be yeah well i don't know where she would be a good employee well, yes i'm just a little surprised nervosa would hire her but uh i i wrote down very early on that gertrude needs to go home i was like i'm i am completely over every really point with her i like these because i like the one with the the kid with beans from that was like last even season. that was two seasons ago that was a while ago I, I don't know. I feel like I've been liking her more and more now because it feels like the show is also going like we should give Gertrude some crap. Whereas previously it was like, here's this annoying woman who has to be around. And now it's like, here's this annoying woman. So Daphne's making her work and taking the money. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm I did enjoy this one more, but I was like, she just needs to go. Yes, I feel like she's run her course. I would be shocked if they keep her around for next season. Yeah, I don't know. Um and uh, so the, the the B plot is Martin is going to go, much like J.J. Bittenbinder, is going to go to a elementary school to talk yes. to kids about safety, like crossing the street and things like that. Do you remember any of these assemblies from uh, as a kid? Vaguely. 
vaguely. Yeah, I remember having them, but I don't know I could tell you much about them. No, I definitely could not talk about them with the, you know, vivid recollection that John Mulaney has. Yes. Well, I do remember we had, um, did you ever have the guy from the Living Materials Center in Plano come and show you, like, animals and stuff like that? Um, like, I, I remember us going to places. I don't remember somebody coming to my He house. had a really big python was, like, one of the, the things oh, he python would... named Katie? So, yes. Yeah. Uh, fun fact. The place that I went to preschool and kindergarten, one of the, like college age employees there who like you know watched watches in the summer and everything that was his dad so the the guy who owned the big snake and everything what was his name yeah his last name was i think dunlap um yes jim dunlap okay. so yeah so we, we we would get to go there frequently and and see mm-hmm. all the animals and and pet katie and stuff so katie the python we he did this one bit where he would do where he would like grab a bunch of big you know, South American cockroaches and turn around real mm-hmm. quick. He turned around with the cockroaches and my friend's mom. Please tell me like, she fainted. Blasted out of the room. <laughs> like ran out of the room. Mm-hmm. She, she was a, she was a, 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 a what, what's the word? Chaper, chaperone or whatever. Yeah. And she just like everyone, like the good news is Ross was also like, I can't believe she did that. Like, but they were all like, Ross, your mom, right? Like, Ran out of there so fast, and they're like, "Yeah, it was just real." I, that's the one thing I remember. I remember going to that guy a lot, but I remember that one time when he was like, "Oh no!" It's a true story. For this uh, project at work, I got the. Uh, I have connections um, to. Is this something I might need to cut out? Just no, no. I can. I, I can. I can okay. be big enough. I have connections to people who work with uh, lo- lo- lots of different insects and different bugs and everything, like tarantulas and stuff, and study them for different things, and so. Um, I got them to set up this like table at an event where they brought a bunch of like, you know, oh, like dried, like, you know, specimens of bugs in jars, also some live bugs. And so there is a picture of me holding a hissing cockroach that was just, it is probably, it looks about like, what is like the size of like. (sighs) They can be like six inches long. It's like about the size of like an AirPod, uh, like case, but like more, more oblong, not as like squares a airpod case and it's just very lazily crawling over like my hands and everything and no thank you these are so the thing is they're so big that they are not my brain didn't really register it as a bug it was almost like this is a lizard of some sort because i don't want a lizard crawling on me either (laughs) it was moving so slowly and it just didn't feel weird it didn't feel like gross um and they're so desensitized to humans that if you press on them which is supposed to make them hiss they don't hiss because <laughs> they're like yeah you're not a threat. Right. But um I'm happy to share that photo in the I was told I could not put it on Instagram by many friends because they were like I I cannot see that photo on my Instagram. Like as That's I'm a good point, yeah. So um but yeah, anyway. Um so Martin uh is a is a total hit when he gives his assembly to the 7-year-olds. Now, do you remember he's replacing Officer, like Officer o- Tweedy, Officer Chirpy, Chirpy, and Officer and, Bob. and Sergeant Bob, Sergeant and he's Bob, like, yes. got, yeah, he's like, Ned Chirpy was one of the best cops I ever worked with, which I thought was a solid joke. Yes. It really made me it's laugh. Like, and, and then they like overexplain the it. Yeah, but uh, no, the parrot was Bob. Yeah, uh, I thought it was really funny. And and Eddie has lots of great tricks to do. So yeah, right. And Martin's a hit and comes and tells Daphne and Niles about it at Nervosa. And Niles does his classic Niles thing. And it's like, you were covered in germs if all these kids hugged you and everything. And he backs away. Mm-hmm. And then the chickens come home to roost because Martin gets sick. Yes. Martin gets sick. 
and is does that i like the bit where he's like you're as lovely today as the day i married you and niles is like okay the first time i let it go yes. which that was a good bit yeah and then so niles has to take over and of course eddie's not listening to him so he decides he's gonna teach the kids about another important safety issue hygiene and becomes a hit as he sits there and discusses all the gross things that the government allows to like get into food i also was like you know what niles's time to shine was was the beginning of covid it, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 100 percent would have been like i've been stockpiling masks and gloves forever this is what i wear to the grocery store every day we may have talked about this, but didn't the, a lot of people did like scenes from TV shows in the time of COVID, and I think Frasier was one of them. Oh, I remember yes. that. Yes, they did. Yes, yes. Because there's a Sopranos one that's really good, where it's like they call it COVID nineteen. What were the first eighteen tone? Like real dumb stuff like yes. that. Like I there's just laugh so there's hard. There's a Frasier one. There's a Friday Night Lights one, and there's a Parks and Rec one. I know those were ones that I specifically read. Yeah. Um, but man, I need to go find that and repost it. Oh, the early days of COVID. Um, there's, I, I love like modernizing stuff because I feel like there's a Twitter page that's like modern Seinfeld and it's like little things like that, like modern stuff that happens written as if they're talking about it on Seinfeld, which I think is funny. Yes, yes. Uh, One Speaking of modern sitcoms, I think it's fun. Today I went on IMDb and I, you go on, you go to episodes and there's a drop down and you pick your season and now it goes all the way up to 12 because <gasps> season 12's coming oh, man yeah we're, we're, <laughs> gonna, we're gonna talk about that um but is there anything else about this episode and uh, also listeners we're just doing one episode tonight since yes. you know we, we had a lot going Ryan's on and we had a lot of, of oscar talks to get through so um i feel like i've got some lols hit me a mailbox is a house's handshake was funny oh uh, yes and then the buckle on the pumpkin belt. There was one more, but uh, oh, it must have been Dick Chirpy he was one of the finest officers yes. I ever worked with. Um, I, oh, I haven't been so afraid of third graders since the ninth yes. grade was a good Niles one. Niles had great ones this episode. Uh, I also want to mm-hmm. note that I was looking at Roz and Daphne's like fashion, and I feel like the fashion has really started to catch up to where it looks like something you would realistically see people wearing today. Um, so I just want to like slow claps for... I feel like I bumped on Daphne this episode and not so much Roz. She looked very sleek at Nervosa both times she was there. Once she was wearing kind of like a khaki colored pencil skirt mm-hmm. and like a black top and heels and looked really nice. And then also at the end when she takes Gertrude's paycheck, she looked really nice. Did she have her hair like up in like a bun yes, for some the of it? Yes, the very last thing she did. See, that must have been what happened is when she puts her hair up, she becomes invisible to me. <laughs> I'm just like, was Roz in this episode? <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I do remember thinking Daphne looked good. There you go. That was it. Oh, the, the last thing, the, uh, the, the, the bit where the kid's like, you did great Niles. And I was like, here you go. Ken throws him something. Do you know what that is? It was a, it was a pocket square. It was a handkerchief. No, no, it's, it's making uh, yes, but it's, 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 it's a parody of a, like a Coke commercial. Oh, yes, where that guy, where the grumpy Mean Joe Green or something. Mean Joe, yeah. yeah. The guy's like, hey, Mean Joe, you were great. He goes, here you go, kid, and throws him his jersey. They, I have to say, they did not connect the dots enough for me on that. I'm probably also not the target audience for that parody. But, right, right, yeah. right, right. I just remember that commercial because it was probably in, you know, we talk about how I have shows I watched all the time that were recorded when I was a kid that I memorized yes. where the 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 commercials come in and i think that must have been one of them because i immediately was like oh my god they're doing mean joe mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, what would you rate this one? You know, I think I would give this one a solid six pocket squares. I gave it six out of ten insect fragments, which is one of the many things you could mm. find in a hot dog, apparently, according to, to Niles. Good times. Um, if you guys enjoy this episode and you have some more to say, or if you just want to have some Oscar thoughts you want to throw our way, Please. I think that rhymed. Um, yeah. <laughs> give, let us know. We are craniacs at gmail.com. That's C-R-A-N-E-I-A-C-S. At Craniacs on Twitter. Craniacs, a Frasier podcast on Facebook. You can get us wherever you get your podcasts. You know where those are. You're listening to them right now. But if you tried finding it somewhere else and you can find it, let us know. And wherever you listen to us, give us the highest review possible. You know what that is. That's a five out of five stars. Not four out of five. If you want to give us four out of five, Laurel, what what should they do instead? Guys, at this point, the Oscars are four to five days away. There's there's not a lot of time left. Do you have an advent calendar for the Oscars? <laughs> Well, now I know what I'm going to promote on Shock Tank, and it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be an Oscar an Oscar advent calendar because I would, and that would be great if it if it like plotted out what movies you should see when. Ugh, edit that out so I can use that on Shark Tank. Um, <laughs> but I'm just gonna I would ask all of our listeners to pick one movie that's nominated for an Oscar to see before Sunday. A lot of them are streaming. A lot of them came out you know over a year ago. Mm-hmm. Heck, if you haven't seen Top Gun Maverick, just see that. There's a lot of options. There's feel-good movies. There's documentaries. There's international movies. Um, Ryan and I both would obviously tell you to see everything everywhere all at once. Um, I would say you don't have a lot of time and you just want to laugh and feel good. Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Right now mm-hmm. it's playing at Alamo in, if that's near you, for five doll hairs. So it's just very, yeah, there's lots of options. Five, was that the funny way of saying dollars? Oh, yes. I'm sorry, I got that from Clark. Apparently, like I think it's on RuPaul's Drag Race. Instead of saying dollars, they say doll hairs. And so now I, oh, okay. uh, Clark says it, and then other friends have picked it up, and now I say it sometimes. So, sorry, sorry. Our, our our Drag Race contingent is going wild right now. Yes, you're welcome, everybody. I'm just going to yeah, sashay well, out of here. Dang it, I was going to say that. I was like, well, I got it wrong, so I guess I'll just sashay away. I know like three things from... I actually watch a lot of Drag Race. I really like that show. Tara, really, she went to go see uh, Shangela when he came through for... Or she came through for... Uh, isn't Shangela an SMU alum? Yep. Yeah. He, he, he I, I always get the pronouns mixed up with him, but I think they're okay with either. But he's on the, he's on like Meadows board. Oh, yes. You're right. Yes. Which is insane to me. But anyway, uh, go ahead and let us know. Like, w- I guess when we hear from you again, tell us your Oscar picks. Let us know what you're excited, what you want to see win. But uh, either way, we will see you next time. But until then, I'm Ryan. I'm Laurel. And we're listening. Bye, y'all.